Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see everybody that's here this morning. want to say a happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. Glad to welcome you with us uh, online there on our social media platforms. Be sure to like, to follow, subscribe, retweet there, all those things. It just helps to get the word out even more. And welcome to those who are on our phone live streaming. If you need that number, we'll be glad to give that to you at any time. Just uh, ask me after the service or uh, we you call the church office and we'll be glad to give that to you. Let me encourage you, if you're at home, go to our church website at Highland Baptist church.com is under the info tab that you can download today's worship bulletin as well as the children's worship bulletins those are in the uh, at the doors as you came in so be sure to get uh, one of those if you haven't already children's worship bulletins are in the windowsill to my right so be sure to grab uh, one of those and then want to encourage you to get the prayer list those are on the table out here uh, and across from the offices you can download that under the info tab there also uh, on the church website so I uh, just wanted to make you aware of those things Things, make sure you grab one of those things. If you're one of our first-time guests, we encourage you to pick up one of the big bags uh, on the sides of the stage or at the doors as you leave today. Uh, if you're a child and you want to grab something to encourage your friends to come, grab one of the little plastic bags, and we encourage you to use it uh, to invite your friends to come to church and especially to Vacation Bible School. But we just want to welcome you this morning. Thank you for being here with us. Looking forward to a wonderful time of worship together. Brother Mark. We'll shadow mountain opened us with the love of God for us. We have no greater friend than him. So let's sing about what a friend we have in Jesus. Stand and sing 182, join the choir. Ladies. <laughs> As we come to our missionary moment, uh, you'll find in your bulletins Lena Eckhart, who is serving the South Asian peoples. Uh, eight women squeezed into a small private room at the mall, uh, one held at her arm uh, to International Mission Board missionary Lena Eckhart, and you'll notice the asterisks there beside her name. That's not her real name, but for security purposes, uh, they've changed her name. Uh, but they gathered there, and, and she squeezed out a thin line of, of henna, a traditional plant dye used by women of Asia. 
Asia and use that uh, to share with the designs there some Bible stories, to share the gospel with those women, uh, and women are becoming saved through that ministry. So we just want to praise the Lord for missionaries like Lena Eckhart and many others uh, who are serving around this world and across this nation. And we want to go to the Lord in prayer to uplift them in our prayers this morning. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the many blessings that you have given us. Thank you for uh, individuals like Lena who have answered the call to missions. Father, I pray that you will just uh, stir our hearts uh, to give every Sunday, uh, that as we give, we are giving towards a portion of our offerings towards uh, these missionaries and keeping them on the field. We know, Lord, that in places like this in Southeast Asia, it is uh, difficult, Lord, for people to uh, reach others with the gospel. And so we just pray for Lena. Uh, you know her, her real name. You know the situation and where she's at. And we ask God that you will just open up doors and opportunities for her to share the gospel uh, with the people around her and for many people to become saved and be, be discipled. Uh, and, Lord, we just pray for your hand to be upon her as well as all of our missionaries. Keep them safe. Keep them protected. Provide for their every need. And we just pray, God, that uh, you will bless their ministries wherever they may be gathered this morning in a special way. And, Lord, bless us this morning uh, as we come to worship you, as we come to celebrate our mothers uh, here on Mother's Day. Uh, we just want to give you the glory and the honor for all that you're doing. And we'd ask, Heavenly Father, that you will just have your hand upon us. May your spirit speak to us. May your spirit be present here this morning. And we just ask your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, let me encourage you, if you're at home, that you can do your online giving on our church website, uh, HighlandBaptistChurch.com. Go to the far right-hand side. You can do your regular online giving, Annie Armstrong Easter offering giving. Uh, we've got some other events that are coming up, youth camp, children's camp. You can give to those in particular, too. So I encourage you to take the time to do that. You can do that from here in person, uh, or you can put it in an offering envelope and designate it on the envelope and put it in the offering plates uh, here at the front. Let me just remind you also, be sure to take a look at your bulletins uh, with all the upcoming uh, events. Next Sunday, we're recognizing our graduates. If you've not given us those names, uh, please do that, whether they are high school or college. We want to recognize them. Uh, and then also next Sunday, uh, we'll be having our special call business meeting uh, next Sunday morning uh, just, just for the purpose of paper ballot vote uh, for that uh, Ukrainian Uniting for Ukraine uh, project. So uh, that's all it'll be. The discussion has already been had. It'll just be a vote on the paper there at the end of the service. But uh, we do want to recognize our graduates too next week. Uh, if you are a mother uh, here with us this morning, uh, would you just stand for just a moment? Let's give all of our mothers a hand. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Uh, our mothers mean so much to us and all that they have done for us. We have a special gift for you uh, this morning that will be given by the ushers when you leave uh, this morning through the door. So be sure to get one of those. If there are extras that are left over, please grab an extra one. We don't want to uh, keep those around uh, too long, as you'll see what they are when you pick those up. Uh, but we just want to say uh, through that, uh, thank you for all that you do for us. So just a little small token uh, of our appreciation uh, to you as our mothers. Brother Mike. Well, as we see further into the service today of Christ leading his disciples and teaching them, we too have, uh, can look up to him. And let's do that through song this morning. And praise him with my faith looks up to the 416. <clears throat>
we've all been in services before where the preacher has a fly flying around them or a wasp flying around somebody and it distracts you. <clears throat> There's a six-legged frog that's got me this morning. <clears throat> Turn now and, and join with us and actually stand and join with the, with the choir as we sing Take Time to Be Holy. Also those with children, the children's church will be meeting over on the piano side. So let's stand and sing Take Time to Be Holy 446. Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to John's Gospel, John chapter 13 and verse 1 through verse 17. I've entitled today's message, The Towel, uh, and you're going to see how this applies to our mothers uh, in just a little bit also. But this is a passage here uh, that is really focused on uh, service and servanthood. Uh, and so if you will, let's read verses 1 through verse 5. John chapter 13. Let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much. What a powerful passage this is this morning. As we see this uh, example, this picture that Jesus leaves for us to be servants. Father, I pray that you will move in our hearts this morning that if we are here and first of all, we don't know Christ as our Lord and Savior, may this be a message that we hear the gospel in, the love of Jesus Christ who loved us to the very end himself 
who died upon the cross for our sins, who was buried in the tomb and arose on the third day to give us victory over hell, death, and the grave, uh, Lord, to give us that eternal life in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray this morning uh, for those of us who are believers that this will also stir our hearts to examine our hearts, to ask what kind of legacy are we leaving for those uh, who will go on past us? Uh, what are we doing to show an example of love and service to them? So bless this message this morning. Bless your word. May it go forth powerfully, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. You know, it is without question that mothers are a special gift from God. You know, we would do well to recognize that reality. Some of the fam most famous American leaders recognize the value of their mothers. For instance, George Washington said this. He said, my mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. William McKinney, uh, McKinley said of her, his mother, by the blessings of heaven, I mean to live and die, please God, in the faith of my mother. You remember President, former President Reagan uh, said, from my mother, I learned the value of prayer, how to have dreams and believe I could make them come true. President George W. Bush had the following to say about his uh, mother. Mothers, and he said this about motherhood in general. He said, mothers are central to the success of the American family. He said their love, dedication, and wisdom touch countless lives every day in every community throughout our land. And their love and guidance of children help develop healthy and spiritually sound families. President John Quincy Adams once said this, he said, all that I am, my mother made me. Abraham Lincoln uh, believed and said this, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all of my life. You know, all of those statements are just as true for millions of people around this world who credit their mothers for helping them to uh, successfully shape their lives uh, in the image of Christ. You know, someone has said that a mother is a person who seeing there is only four pieces of pie for five people promptly announces she never did care for pie anyway. <laughs> Always making sure somebody else uh, was taken care of. You know, a funny thing about moms is that they may do without but their kids will never do without if they can if they can help it in any way you know moms will often uh, go until they can't go anymore and when that happens the rest of the family seems to be helpless there was a 15 year old boy who came running into the house and found his mom in the bed he asked if she was sick or something and he was truly concerned and his mom said you know as a matter of fact i, I don't feel well uh, today and the son replied, he said, well, don't worry a bit about dinner. He said, I'll be happy to carry you down to the stove. <laughs> you know, as we celebrate the gift of our mothers today, I want to point out through this message some qualities uh, that uh, make them so special. You know, one of the characteristics of godly mothers, and frankly, that every follower of Jesus Christ ought to have, is that as followers of Christ, we are called to make followers of Jesus. If we're truly following Jesus, then we will value others. Uh, we'll see value in others, we'll connect with others, and as we're gonna see today, we need to serve others. One of the greatest lessons ever taught and pictured in all of the Gospels is one that is that we're going to look at here today in the, is the reason that this story is so incredible. The reason it's so amazing and so astonishing is because it all revolves around a towel, a bowl of water, and some dirty, stinky, smelly feet. So let me give you the backdrop for this story. We've been going through the life of Jesus. We're in the last week of Jesus's life. It's Thursday night before Good Friday. We talked about the Lord's Supper last time, and this is at the end of that Lord's Supper that Jesus instituted at the Passover. So Jesus is going to be crucified in less than 24 hours. Think about it, the, the plot is thickening 
with every passing second. The smells of betrayal are in the air. The shadow of death is hanging over the head of Jesus, and yet with the weight of the world literally on his shoulders, notice who he's not thinking about. He's not thinking about himself. That's who we would be thinking about. We would think it'd be thinking about, Lord, why'd you allow this into my life? Why are you letting this happen? Lord, get me out of this before I, I die. But Jesus isn't thinking anything about himself. He's concerned about others. He's concerned about dirt and feet. Now, even if you're not a believer, even if you don't know much about the Bible, you may very well know about this story. It may be one of the single most amazing pictures of the Son of God in all four of the Gospels because he did something that no other self-respecting Jew would have ever done. A Gentile wouldn't do it unless that Gentile happened to be on the lowest rung of the social ladder, which was a slave, a servant. And it's that he washed dirty feet. Yet there's far more to this story than just washing some dirty feet. Because here's what Jesus says in John chapter 13 and verse 7. He says, what I am doing, you do not understand now. But afterward, you will understand. So this primarily is not a story about people's feet. It's really a story about a person's heart. And this story, as we see here, is going to illustrate one of the greatest lessons we'll ever learn, not only about what it truly means to follow Jesus, but the blessing that comes from it when you do follow Jesus. And so the key takeaway is something you've heard before, but now you're going to see it in action. You have to give up to go up. And so if you're going to be like Jesus, if you're going to touch people the way Jesus did, if you're going to make an eternal difference in the lives of others, you have to do what Jesus did. I want to give you three things, three things that are seen in the characteristic of godly mothers, three things that are seen pictured here especially in the life of Jesus as he demonstrates this act of service to us. First of all, surrender your power. Surrender your power. Understand that life is not about you. So often in this life, we think the world revolves around us. But go back and look here at verse 1 down through verse 5. As you read those verses again, it's before the, the feast of the Passover. Jesus had knew his hour had come to depart from this world. It's during the supper that, that the devil's already laid into the heart of, of, of uh, Judas here uh, to betray Jesus. He knows that the Father has given all things into his hands. He's finished everything he needed to do. All that's left is to go to the garden, to be arrested, to go through the trial and hang on the cross and to be buried in the tomb and arise on the third day. So Jesus, knowing that all those things that he had been doing throughout his earthly ministry here are coming to an end, notice there in verse 4, he rises up from the supper, he lays aside his outer garment, taking a towel, ties it around his waist, and then he pours water into a basin and begins to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, we truly cannot imagine the bone-crushing pressure and the excruciating emotional stress that Jesus was under that night. He knew his time had come. If you'll remember all throughout the, the Gospels, he had been saying to people, my time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. He didn't want to be known yet uh, totally to the, to the world yet as the Messiah. Uh, he wanted his disciples to know that. But now he's saying, my time has come. He knows his journey's almost over. Uh, he wouldn't be uh, quiet going into the night. Uh, he was going to be betrayed. He was going to be arrested, tried, tortured, mocked, scourged, ridiculed, and crucified. He was going to die, and it was not going to be a pretty death. You read there in verse 3, you find that Jesus was in a position that no other person had ever been put in before. God had put everything under his power. And so understand this about Jesus. Jesus at that moment could have thrown in the towel and said, I'm not doing this. He could have stopped the arrest. He could have stopped the trial. He could have stopped the crucifixion. He could have come down off of that cross anytime that he wanted. He was totally in charge. 
He had all the power. Jesus knew at this moment that he was holding all the cards. And so knowing he's in complete control, knowing he's in total charge, and answers to no one else except his heavenly Father, what does he do? Does he give orders? Does he throw his weight around? Does he make demands? Buckle your seatbelts and look again there at verse 4. So he, Jesus, rose from the supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, tied it around his waist. Notice this, that foot washing in itself wasn't an amazing feat. It happened all the time. It was a common practice. Back in the day, people either walked barefoot or they wore sandals, so you'd get all kinds of things uh, on your feet. Uh, you, would, you would walk through the mud, uh, even human or animal excrement on your feet. If you walked in a town, uh, there would be public baths, and if your feet were dirty, you could go to the public bath, and, and a servant would, would wash your feet. If you walked into a wealthy home, uh, generally by the door would be this basin of water, uh, and the first thing you would do before you entered that home is, is you would take off your shoes, you would step inside the threshold uh, of that house, and again, a servant would be there to wash your feet. In this case, the disciples had rented an upper room. If you remember from last week's story, we learned that. Jesus sent them into the town, said, go and you'll find this place. Uh, tell them that the master is ready for it. They're renting this upper room. When you rented a room, normally you also rented a servant. But for whatever reason, there was no servant that was there that night, at least not a Gentile one. Jesus does two things here that make it perfectly clear that to the disciples what he's doing and the role that he's assuming. There's a reason why John's gospel goes into this meticulous detail to, to, to let us know that Jesus took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. He does this, John tells us this, because servants didn't own robes. If you saw a towel around somebody's waist, you knew that that person was a servant. And so Jesus was sending his unmistakable message to these disciples. Even though you know that I hold all the keys to the car, if you will, even though you know uh, that, that I've got all the power and you don't, I'm surrendering my power and becoming your servant. Think about it, never in the history of this planet has every, anyone ever been so overqualified for a job as Jesus was for this one. The one who was higher than the heavens had stooped down lower than a servant. He literally got lower than the dirt. Now understand, Jesus isn't just a king. He is the king of kings. And he leaves the throne room for the linen closet. The sovereign of the universe has become a servant to the disciples. Understand this this morning. If you're here as a mom or even as a dad, you have power over your children. If you're a store manager, you have power over your employees. If you're an owner or a CEO of a company, you're the captain or the coach of your team. You're the principal of the school uh, or a teacher over a class. Whatever power, whatever authority, whatever influence you have, God didn't give it to you so you could use it for your benefit. He gave it to you so you could use it for the benefit of others. So when nobody else, think about that, nobody else in the whole room picked up a towel to do what Jesus did. Nobody picked up a towel. When nobody else will pick up a towel, a follower of Jesus ought to. A follower of Jesus has to be willing to do things other people aren't willing to do. You'll give when others take. You'll stand when others sit. You'll speak up when others remain silent. You'll serve when no one else will. So obviously, all the other disciples are sitting in this room. They could look around and they could see everybody's feet. They could see that those feet were dirty. They could probably even smell those dirty feet. 
But why didn't they do something about it? They had the same problem that we do sometimes. They were looking in a mirror. Jesus was looking through a window. In other words, they were focused on themselves. He was focused on them. They were looking out for number one. He was looking out for numbers one through 12 and all the disciples there. Because that's what a follower of Jesus ought to do is he surrenders. If you're going to be like Jesus and you're going to touch people the way Jesus did and you're going to make an eternal difference in the lives of others, you have to do what Jesus did. Surrender your power. It's not about you. Secondly, serve other people. Serve other people. Go back to verse 4, and we'll read verse 4, 5, and 6 again. So he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Now, there's a hidden reason here why these disciples were waiting on each other to do what Jesus finally did. Because if you want to get the whole picture of what's going on here in the upper room, you have to take all of the Gospels to put it together. That's why we're trying to go through the life of Jesus in some kind of chronological uh, way that we can. Here in this upper room, there's a lot of things that happen, uh, as you're going to see over the next several weeks. And so we're doing our best to go in order as we can. But some things you kind of have to go back to and look at what do other, the other Gospels say. Well, Luke tells us that while they were in this upper room, Maybe while they were having the, the supper, maybe right after they had partaken of the supper, uh, they were having this argument. They were having an argument that evening, and it went like this in Luke 22 and verse 24. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, the king of the Gentiles exercises lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, the, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For, one, for, for who is the greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as the one who serves." So Jesus is saying in what he says there, after they're having this argument about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, he says, yes, when you look at things from the worldly perspective, the one who sits at the table is the one who has more authority than the one who's kneeling at the table washing people's feet uh, or the one who serves. And Jesus says, look at me, what am I doing? He's saying, I'm not sitting at the table as the head of the table. I'm over here with a towel and a water basin washing your feet. I am among you as one who serves. Understand this about the disciples. They were not interested in serving. They were interested in ruling. Who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom? Who's going to get to sit at your right hand? Who's going to get to sit at your left hand? They weren't looking for towels. They were looking for crowds. They weren't looking for how low they could get, but how high they could climb. Now, this foot washing begins to take on much more meaning as you go on through the text there. You could just imagine that in this conversation, the disciples are arguing over who should be washing feet to begin with. Why don't you do it? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to touch those dirty feet. You know, that would be most of our, our thoughts. You see those dirty feet, those smelly feet that's been walking through who knows what through the town. Uh, we'd be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not touching those feet. That's a servant's job. Understand this. It doesn't take long to realize that there's something wrong with this picture. To see the hands of the Holy Son of God washing these dirty feet of unholy, sinful men it just isn't right. Not only should the disciples be washing his feet, they ought to have been arguing over the privilege to even do that. 
While this basin of water sits in the corner, there's a towel hanging on a rack. They're arguing about who's going to be number one in the kingdom. Jesus does for them, in this example, what they were not willing to do for him. 2,000 years later, not much has changed. We still don't ask the same questions Jesus asked. We asked, how much money do you make? Jesus asked, how much money do you give? We ask, how high have you climbed? Jesus asked, how low have you gone? We count all the people that report to us. Jesus wants to count all the people we serve. And so, by the way, you don't get to pick and to choose who you serve. You can't just serve people who you like and, and ser not serve people you don't like. You can't just serve people who are like you and not serve people that you don't like, that are not like you. Remember back in verse 2? Go back to verse 2 and notice a little thing that's happened here at this supper also. So verse 2 says, During the supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Going down to verse 10 and verse 11. The second part of verse 10 says, And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. So understand the picture that's going on here. Here was a disciple whose feet were caked with the dirt of disloyalty, of betrayal. And Jesus washed his feet just the same. He didn't say, I'm going to wash these other 11 over here. He didn't say, I'm just going to wash the three who are closest to me. I'm not just going to wash those guys' feet. He washed all 11 plus Judas. He knew already what was going to happen with Judas. You know, part of following Jesus means taking the high road, and the high road is when you're, you're willing to treat others better than the way they treat you. You ought to be willing to do for others what others are not willing to do for you. Yet all too often we think, well, when they do something for me, then I'll do something back for them, tit for tat. We'll, 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 we'll scratch their, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. What we ought to be willing to do is do what they aren't willing to do. And if you're going to be like Jesus and touch the people the way Jesus did and make an eternal, life, eternal difference in the lives of others, you've got to do what Jesus did, and that's to surrender your power, and that's to serve others. But thirdly, notice this. You've got to share your passion. Share your passion. What's important to see in this story isn't just what Jesus did, as amazing as that was, but to clearly understand why he did it. Go back to verse 1, if you will. Verse 1 says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, notice this last part of the phrase here of this sentence. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So think about that for just a moment. Jesus loved these guys that were with him, these closest disciples. There were many others who were followers, hundreds of others who had followed Jesus uh, out in Galilee and had even come to Jerusalem with the group. But these were those close uh, ones who had followed him for all of these three years. Uh, he had loved these guys for the last tr three years like they had never been loved before. For three years. Jesus had modeled uh, love for them unlike they had ever seen in their lives. Now they know by what they've seen in Jesus that if you're going to love others, the towel has to come off the rack. It has to get into your hands and you have to use it to serve others. And so you can begin to kind of understand what Jesus says when we go to verse 12. Go to verse 12. So when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? 
You call me teacher and Lord. You put me up here on a pedestal. You, you elevate me. You call me teacher and Lord. And you're right. You're right to do that. For so I am. And then he says this, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now, when you read there that word as in verse 15, it's a Greek word that literally means according as. Jesus wasn't telling us that we ought to establish some new ritual in the church of, of foot washing. What he's saying here is always see how can I serve others and not to worry about what, uh, how others can serve you. Remember why you do it. Because you're simply sharing your passion for other people. You're showing the world what true love is all about. And that also sheds some light on another part of this story. Jesus did all of this because he loved these guys. Because he loved us. But notice in verse 6, down through the beginning of verse 10. So he's poured the water out into the basin. He begins to wash their feet. And verse 6 says, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I, am doing, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. You could have guessed that if anybody were going to object to this whole thing, it would have been Peter. Peter was always doing this kind of thing, sticking his foot in his mouth, if you will. And Peter's response here doesn't just reveal a lot about Peter, but if we're honest, it reveals a lot about us. He knew that Jesus was doing for him what he should have been doing for Jesus. He was doing for the rest of those disciples, Jesus was, what Peter should have done for the rest of the disciples. And you notice that even though Peter says this, he says, you'll never wash my feet. He didn't go on to say, but I'll gladly wash yours. We would have expected that if he truly understood. He doesn't say, I'll wash yours. Understand that the reason why Peter wasn't willing to wash even the feet of Jesus was because he still didn't love Jesus the way he needed to love Jesus. How do we know that? He didn't love Jesus the way he needed to love Jesus. He didn't love his fellow disciples the way he should have loved them. Remember, to love people is to serve people. And when you serve people, you know, uh, you, you show people that you love them. And one of the greatest examples of serving others is so often seen in our mothers and their self-sacrifice for us. But remember after the resurrection, remember what Jesus asked Peter after the resurrection? He asked him a question. And he not only asked him a question that he didn't ask the other disciples, but he asked it three times. You remember what that question was? Peter, do you love me? Three times he had to ask Peter that. Because at this point, Peter wasn't loving Jesus the way he ought to have been loving Jesus. And what did Jesus say to him every single time that he asked him that question? Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, I love you. And what would Jesus say? Feed my sheep. Show demonstrate through your actions out of the love in your heart that you have for me feed the sheep care for others serve other people I brought with me a dollar bill this morning they're getting rare <laughs> the economy we're in and the culture we're in we're going to more digital than we are on paper money who's on the dollar bill whose face is on it 
a few of you knew who it was. <laughs> Some of you are trying to think hard. Who's on the dollar bill? It's George Washington. That's right. Every day we carry around with us on a dollar bill, or if you have those dollar bills, I don't carry cash with me usually, but if we do, we carry around a picture of someone who lived this picture out of serving uh, the people. He has the distinction of being the most famous recognized uh, piece of paper uh, on this planet. It's George Washington. He's still to this day known as one of the greatest Americans. He was the man who established the American Republic. He led the Revolutionary Army to defeat the most powerful nation in the world. He served as the first president of our country. But that's not why he's on the dollar bill. And that's not why he is so famous. It's because he spent all of his life surrendering his power, serving other people, and showing his passion. When he was asked to command the Revolutionary Army, he did so only after guaranteeing that after the war was over, he would resign his commission, which he did. Then when he was elected president of the United States, he refused to let people make him the king. He was the only man ever elected unanimously and re-elected again unanimously. And he voluntarily refused a third term and set a precedent that every president followed up until Franklin Roosevelt. After the Revolutionary War was over, George Washington had become one of the most famous, one of the most admired men in the world. He could have established himself as a king and a dictator, and no one would have ever said a word. When King George III asked the American painter Benjamin West what George Washington was going to do now that the war was over, Benjamin West replied and said this, from what I heard, he's going to return to his farm. With a gasp, King George said, if he does that, he'll be the greatest man in the world. Martin Luther King once said, not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. I want to tell you that the greatest man who ever lived in the history of this world showed us all the way to greatness is by taking up a towel and serving others. And Jesus left us an awesome example to follow. Let me ask you this morning, what is your life teaching others? I mean, think about it, Mom. Think about the influence you have over your children. What is the lesson, the message you are teaching your children? Is it that life is about me, about them, or is it about others and serving others and loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind? Mom, Dad, what is, what is your life teaching others? If we're going to be followers of Jesus... And if we are truly going to touch people the way that Jesus touched people, if we are going to make that eternal difference in the lives of others, you've got to do what Jesus did. Follow the example of godly mothers. Surrender your power. Serve others. And share your passion. Share the love of Jesus Christ not only through your words in telling others I love you, but demonstrating it in your actions. Children, adult children too, love your mothers. Show your mothers that you love them. Don't just tell them, I love you, Mom. Hope you have a great Mother's Day today, but show them you love them through your actions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. What a powerful lesson from just a towel, a basin filled with water, and a humble example left to us by Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that we have seen and that we have heard the example that you have laid before us. But this life is not about us. This life is about you, loving you with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and loving others as we love ourselves. So Father, I pray that we would begin to put you first in our lives, 
First and foremost, for those who are here or watching online who've never trusted by faith in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, I call upon them this morning and call upon you to send your Holy Spirit to bring conviction to their hearts, to bring them to the place of repentance. To say, dear God, I know that I'm lost and I need Jesus as my Savior. I believe Jesus died on that cross, was buried in the tomb and arose on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. So, Lord, if someone's prayed something like that in their hearts and they meant that with all sincerity, Father, I pray they would come forward this morning to publicly profess that faith in Christ and then to follow through in the waters of baptism, demonstrating that following of Christ and then to show love to you and to others through their life. Father, I pray that they would come this morning in the invitation, but there are others, Lord, who you've been working in their hearts, maybe to come and to be a part of this fellowship. Maybe, Lord, there are others who have realized this morning, I've not been loving you, Lord, because I realize I've not been loving others the way I should. Lord, you've shown us in your word over and over and over that our love for you is intricately tied to our love for others. That if we say we love you, but we don't love others, then we're a hypocrite and the love of God is not really within us. So, Father, I pray this morning that we would come also to the place of repentance and say, God, I, I want to be filled with your love. I want to love others the way Jesus loved others. I want to touch their lives the way Jesus touched their lives. I want to make an eternal difference in this world. And so, Father, I pray that we would not just tell people we love them, but to demonstrate that love that you've shown to us by being a servant. Thank you, God for our godly mothers. And Father, I pray a special blessing upon them today. Lord, may you be glorified and honored in their lives and may our mothers leave an example for us to follow the way Jesus did. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 134, Jesus paid it all. Will you make your way and come? seated for just a moment. Pastor Matt's going to come and do our announcements. Uh, if our ushers who are going to hand out our Mother's Day gifts would go ahead and make your way uh, to come to the door so you'll have those ready when our mothers leave. Uh, be sure to get one of those. And as we said, if there are extras left over, get uh, those extras. All right. Hey, as you've heard already this morning, remember next Sunday is our one of our graduate recognition Sunday. So please get those. If you have a senior or a graduate, uh, those graduation photos to me so that we can show them to uh, the congregation and we have a, a little gift that we want to give to each graduate so please uh, let us know uh, if you would like to be your graduate to be a part of that also next sunday is the barbecue fundraiser as well after the vote that we have we'll have uh, the students back there you know handing out to-go uh, to meals and if you have a, a kid going to center kid camp uh, please be sure to bring a dessert to be a part of that and so uh, Centra Kid uh, parents are responsible for bringing in those desserts. So if you don't like the dessert, um, you can claim them, not me. So, but we don't want anybody to go home without any dessert. So, but also when we have going on, if uh, VBS is coming up real soon, uh, Jason Robinson, uh, youth, this is for you. 
he's needing some help with he needs some volunteers so please uh, talk to him about that uh, it's just he, one of the things that he's going to be doing is a the MC of the VBS and he needs a couple volunteers to, to uh, be contestants for a game show. You don't have to rehearse anything. You don't have to uh, practice anything. You just have to be there. So please uh, see Jason. He needs eight students to help him out with that. And uh, I have a couple uh, Accenture Kid forms I need to hand out as well. So uh, if, if they are still here, Elizabeth Whitmore and Kim Dotson. So please see me after service. But with that, let's go to the Lord. Yep. And. Uh, Pastor Jim says no service tonight. So, was that? Oh, oh, be with your family. So, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day and for this time together. We ask your blessings upon uh, this message that we have heard. God, may we remember the importance of serving others and to be Jesus to those around us. God, we thank you for the mothers and grandmothers of this room. God, thank you for the blessing of uh, putting them in our lives, Father, to help lead us and guide us. And, Lord, for sacrificing so much that, Father, we may never even realize. God, thank you for sending Jesus down the cross for our sins. And we praise you that he rose again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.